I don't like shades. I like seeing outside all I, the time. I do too, but it's different for me because it's a sexual thing. Of like, I want people to see me masturbating. Okay. Otherwise, I can't come. Well, I gonna... think we know what is going to be at the top of the next show. Ryan <laughs> is in character. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, and welcome to the Autopod Decepticast. This is your weekly podcast delivering a minute-by-minute breakdown of the 1986 Transformers movie. This is your host, Aaron, and I'm here with my two precocious and punctual co-hosts. <laughs> I'm Ryan. Hi, and I'm Caleb, and I love these adjectives. <laughs> <laughs> it's my thing. It's my thing. It's so, cool. uh, this is episode 14. We're going to be covering minutes, uh, minute 1301 to the 14-minute We mark. got it! <laughs> We made it. I figured it out. <laughs> Maybe. We'll see. There's, no, plenty, right. there's plenty of room to hose this uh, later on down the line. But um, so we're covering, like I said, episode 14, covering minute 13. A quick recap of our last episode. Um, you'll recall uh, apparently microscopes also work as telescopes. That's right. Did you guys know we that? We all know this. <laughs> Do you just flip it around and look at it in reverse? Is that how that works? That is how you make telescopes. (laughs) It's you turn around a microscope and, uh, anyway. That's the Hubble. That's the Hubble. (laughs) So we also learned that Starscream is everywhere all at once. Yeah. I don't know if you recall that. He was No, no, no. I, even, right? even, I even going into this minute, he's still <laughs> all, all over the place. And I think most importantly, we learned that we know nothing about gender or sexuality as it applies to alien robots. Well, as, or humans, for that matter. As three white males, we're really the most educated to speak <laughs> on female matters, I, th- I think. No, I, you know, I think it's very relevant. And <laughs> pat ourselves on the back. I'm still very curious to see if, if and it, I encourage feedback from all listeners. I know we have a female constituency. And why are you laughing at the female constituency? <laughs> no, don't say that. I wasn't doing that. <laughs> so, well, you can hear it on the microphone. Snicker, snicker. Yeah. Anyway, I just. Moving on. Okay. No, no, no. Yeah. No, it is great. It is positive. It felt a little deep. But um, but we'll just move right on into this minute here. So we're kicking things off. Uh, Springer and RC are commencing to transforming the city right at the very yep. beginning of the episode. And once again, I think um, a great animated sequence. It's basically some moving backgrounds. Mm-hmm. But you can see some Matt explosions yeah. and, and you can see Starscream oh. coming at them. The cogs and gears starting yes. to work. Yeah, I love the way the pistons that, um, come together and everything starts to spin. And also great sound effects like the yeah. whole... You know, mm-hmm. And I'm not going to do any more of that. We, <laughs> we should uh, look into who does the foley. Who's doing the foley for this uh, for this movie. Let's Alright, let's do it. Caleb, get on it. Foley. <laughs> uh, also, the anim- I, I I just really like it when they go with these animated sequences with that backlit that those backlit. Mm-hmm. I know. Yeah, we do say that all the time. But yeah, the animation in the transformation I, of Autobots. I'm still awesome. very curious how they do that. You're saying that they like 
I think it's literally. How, oh, do, God, they, my how do they do that? I think it's literally just clear pieces in the cell that are backlit, like physically. With a particular color? No, like a light. Yeah. Like a colored light. They might like use a, a filter. Like, there's probably a light. Here's, I'm just guessing if any animation people out there no, actually I, know the answer. I'm So, right now, we're looking at a scene. Please I think, tell us. I think that's cut out from the cell. Uh huh. And then there's a light. So, when they placed it, there's a light underneath it. And if they wanted a certain color, then they put a filter over that light mm-hmm. to make it shine a little bit, uh, you know, lavender. But, uh, and then that's what's shining through. And then they have to, for every single. Frame, you know, that's what they're. That's how that they do it. That sounds laborious. Yeah, well, yeah. That's <laughs> why everything. I don't think it's how they animated. do it today. Obviously, lighting effects and Photoshop and all of that stuff allow you for you to mm-hmm. create the same effect. You don't have to do it that way anymore, unless you just really want yeah, to well, adhere it, to old school techniques. So, with the transformation here of Autobot City, there is a lot of different. Hardcore animation techniques going on yeah, to make this yeah, happen. Yeah, we'll get to it, but the, uh, I talk about that a little bit later. But yeah, it's um, like this shot. Right now, we're looking at RC and um, Springer. Uh, Springer at thirteen ten running down this uh, transforming uh, chasm uh, with <laughs> Starscream dogging them the whole way. It's a really good uh, way of demonstrating how the Autobot City is transforming. It's real a real dynamic mm-hmm. way of showing that take place. Yeah. It has an immediacy where they have to transform it into the fortress, uh, but they also, you know, they're getting caught in the uh, city uh, changing. Yep. Which, like, that's very dangerous. <laughs> it's extreme. Folding in on itself, it's very video game-ish. I've got to jump over this platform mm-hmm. and jump over that platform. Sure. Uh, why didn't they just make it easier on themselves to transform this fucking well, city? Like you could walk down the side where there's like a a, a, a gangway where it's like there's or, a railing. Or, or and... Why do they even have to travel from one side of the city to the other? Like if you have to, pu- and if you have to push so many buttons and pull so many levers, why don't you station some people in those areas right. so that like, hey. Pull those levers so we can transform this thing. Or why not just do it from one control room? Or exactly. I would love it if if a representative from OSHA like shows up and says, <laughs> Hey guys, uh, and then all of a sudden Starscream just shoots them. Ah! Starscream so, but, can't shoot yeah, anybody. There's, there's, Autobots do not uh, do not uh, adhere to OSHA standards. No, there's definitely some workplace negligence here. <laughs> um, yeah. I, th- we've frozen on this shot of Starscream at 1314. Uh, where I love this, that they don't do this very often. It seems like almost a forced perspective where yeah. Starscream's nose cone is really long and it makes him look very menacing and like very, it has and the illusion of him traveling very fast. Very fast. They're so even adding motion lines mm-hmm. just to really bring it, uh, drive Pathetic it Pathetic fools! Yeah, he's, cru- he's, cru- he's cruising. Yeah it's, yeah, it's like extreme foreshortening. It, mm-hmm. And it, yeah, it looks awesome. Um... So like you said earlier, Ryan, he's dogging them right now, and they're, right, they're kind of running through this pathway. It's kind of becoming a tunnel, and Starscream transforms, in. lands Good as stuff. the top closes it. So we all know what's about to happen. Mm-hmm. Why, like, tra- Starscream didn't need to transform and land on his feet. He could have just pulled up and gotten out of there, and but... He My didn't. explanation is that he's so focused, like, on getting them, he doesn't notice his surroundings. Yeah. Right. Um, but oh, here's a note, uh, and like the, we're getting ready to see it in a second where his foot thrusters, like I love that, like at 13:25 where he launches his foot thrusters and, and shoots out of the the closing clamshell. Um, that sound is the Millennium Falcon 
thrust sound. Oh, is it really? It's, they, it is exactly that. They, they, they took that sound? There's a lot of Star Wars sounds in this movie. How does that get? How does that get appropriated? I don't know. I don't know how it works. Well, Nelson Shin worked on Star Wars, so I don't know if that has. So you think he had access to the? He's like he has the wave files. That's that's interesting. Yeah, almost all the thrusting of thrusting. Oh boy, Uh, uh, the thrust sounds. Here we go. Yeah, I'm gonna fuck it. Um, Of the uh, seekers in this movie are the Millennium Falcon acceleration sound. That's fascinating. So I wonder. A that makes me ask two questions. I assume that that sound was developed proprietary for the Star Wars movies by the production staff. I assume that they didn't grab that sound from a log like a of stock, yeah, stock audio. So it's either it's either stock audio or maybe it became stock audio after the will, Millennium Falcon. They I developed it, put it up on the market, mm-hmm. and these guys bought it and used it. I'll wager that. Yeah. What's the what's the the uh, stock uh, screaming effect that's popular? Oh, the. the no, no, not, no that. not that. That's, That's that. the goofy scream. <laughs> I'm talking about the, the Wilhelm. I think it's called Wilhelm. the Wilhelm yes, scream. The Wilhelm scream. And it's just. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's in here. <laughs> that's like the, I was hoping there would be a no, Wilhelm no Wilhelms. Scream. Well, we'll keep an eye. They, out. Don't do they not use that in like every Transformers movie? Probably. And the Michael Bay's, I'm sure they do. Well, I'm not talking about <laughs> the Michael Bay. Right, right, right. Well, that's, I'm not that's what we got. Which we right, say. So, yeah. <laughs> so that's really cool. I did not know that, and mm-hmm. that is really I found a lot of that. Like, going forward, I have a lot of notes about where the Star Wars noises are in okay. the noises, uh, sounds uh, in the movie. Okay. Please point them out every mm-hmm. time. Yep. So Springer and RC <laughs> escaped from Starscream in the tunnel. Starscream, he's realized he's lost them. He transforms lands. He recognizes if he doesn't act quickly, he's going to be trapped from above, so he... Launches himself up mm-hmm. and gets stuck and gets his foot caught. Uh, it's a pretty like intense scene, actually. It is really, yeah. <laughs> it's like it's very scary. And even knowing what he's planning to do before he does it, around thirteen thirty one, you can see him aiming his beams at the uh, at his at his foot, and you're like, he's not gonna, is he gonna? And then he does, and it's just you kind of feel it, the he's, tension he's of that. Do it, and then there is. I, I know. Go ahead. Let's see if I can pause it. Just there we go. Yeah. Oh yeah! Wow. See, so it's not really his foot that's injured. Like we've paused it at a uh, minute thirteen thirty four seconds. Um, it's more his ankle that he just like sliced through. Man, I I have to say again, like I don't think that anyone would ever notice that. And I didn't have after thirty yeah, years of watching film, this movie until this the, analysis. Just only the only having the ability to freeze frame like this in this kind of capacity, mm-hmm. you would notice it. So again, it's I a real to attention co- to detail. Yeah. I have to commend the the animators for just putting throwing that stuff in, probably being aware that it, it's not going to be readily noticeable by the viewing by the viewing audience. That being said, it's inconsistent from frame to frame in this same <laughs> sequence. But still, yeah, it's in this. Maybe they were told to do like, all right, when he flies up, he's got to have an injury. You got to paint that. You got to illustrate that in, and, and then they just you know they follow through on what mm-hmm. they're obligated to do. So, yeah, I, I, I mean, watching this movie for 30 years, I never picked up on it. That's kind of honestly the fun of doing this whole thing. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. We get to get into the, such minutia that there's almost like Easter eggs for a movie I've yes. seen a million times. And this is one of those I, for me because I always thought, okay, I get it. He shot his foot. It's in pain, but whatever. You don't see it. Yeah, it moves too fast. But that's a pretty good gash right there. It's a pretty detailed drawing. Like, there's even stuff inside the wound. You can see the details of his. Yeah. 
Um, and this is, but this is also another example of Starscream being super powerful and almost completely incompetent. <laughs> yeah, they, he's 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 definitely a heel. I mean, they just heel. <laughs> so we move past. I guess this would be Starscream's 127 hours moment, <laughs> and uh, and we so he that flies was... away. And that was pre-prepared. Okay. <laughs> RC's transforming the city, and uh, uh, and this is I, I, I don't I don't know if we even addressed it before, but like yeah, uh, uh, boink, fucking um, RC is speaking of Star Wars, uh, totally has uh, Leah Organa mm. like head buns. I have to believe oh. that that is an homage. It must be right. I have to believe it. Is her hel- Is her helmet? Head always that pronounced? No, I think this is a little off. This yeah, uh, model. We're like looking at a uh, minute thirteen, uh, thirty-five seems, seconds. That seems heavily accentuated. in a control room. She's hitting it, some buttons, pulling some levers. And maybe that's why I didn't notice it because they're so big in this scene. Yeah, it varies. This this feels a little off from, cool from the standard. She's, so that she's help. She's transforming mm-hmm. uh, quickly, transforming Megaplex, le- pulling levers. Pushing buttons. Right. Well, do we want to get into whether it's Metroplex at this point, or oh, uh, we can take it to the end. We'll okay, okay. Kinda, the, so okay, so the city's continuing to transform. It's now less of a city, more of an immense battle station. So this transformation sequence is awesome. Yeah. And uh, a couple things that I feel about it, uh, like uh, I guess I don't know if Transformers counts as anime or not. And people who hmm. are listeners who love anime, I mean, if it's I think animated. They- Overseas, is that what counts? Or Japanese influence, is that what counts? But nothing feels more anime to me than the transformation sequence and the way these sure. guns come out and just I the agree. angles and just the shading and the the, the just the beauty and smoothness yes. of it all. Like it feels agree. very high quality. This is anime what to this me. is what the animators are familiar with doing. Right. And also, they do it very well. Yeah, I agree. And the amount of hand-drawn cells in the transformation of Autobot City is astounding. Like where they do, like they don't use like moving matte paintings or anything. It's like uh, this is later, but from minute thir- uh, from like 49 seconds to 55 seconds is almost entirely hand-drawn. Mm-hmm. And um, so, speaking of the Japanese like uh, you know, anime and stuff like that. Um, the Japanese trailer for this movie, which I did look at, and I'll put a, a link up whenever we drop this episode, but it's a longer series of this. And also, at the very end of this sequence, there is a shot of it uh, as, like, the fully transformed battle fortress, and it looks a lot like Metroplex. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. Um, gotcha. I, I'd say this this sequence, like all the guns, this reminds me of uh, the anime series Battleship Yamato. Yeah. 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 So I'm just saying, like, uh, I don't know if it was the same studio that did it, but yeah, you could tell the animators were like they were really on they were really on point with with doing all this transformation sequence of Autobot City because they are familiar with 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 doing certain kinds of like uh, industrial mechanical buildings transforming into huge and and war machines at that as well. Uh, So. <laughs> we talk just to go back to last episode and talking about Perceptor and how outnumbered the Autobots are. There's a fucking cannon here with a large caliber cannon for every Decepticon yeah. that is attacking yeah. them. Oh, if, they, our count, if our count is on <laughs> on how many Decepticons are here, they should have it I, covered. I want to see a can, I want to see like a cannon 
and then another little cannon stick out of the end of the cannon. <laughs> like, like, a, guns, like a xenomorph type just thing. Guns coming. <laughs> and this point is that you might as well see guns coming out of guns. This is almost what's they're, happening. They're well armed. The fact that the Decepticons even stand a chance in this it's is ridiculous. So unlikely. But, you know, we got to have a story. <laughs> Yeah, also, as Ryan says often, whenever I go off the rails the on these types of things. Yeah. But God damn it, that they should never have should never lose. This is this is incredible. But let's uh, whatever. Make, let's make a note to make make shirts of some sort or something that says "Because Movie." I think those <laughs> I like do it. really well. But I like I it. Know. I like it. Hang on. Right. Write it down. Write because that down. Movie because shirts. Movies. I don't know. I don't know what that would. I don't know what that logo would. I don't know what the graphic would look like. But I think we could do very well with that. Maybe it has some celluloid. All right, good. Uh, okay, so also coming up in the next sequence, uh, from about thirteen fifty onward, you start to see from the external side of the city. The siege starting to happen, some cannons. But, oh, just, and there are so many more Autobots yes, than yes. we than originally we counted. I mean, I counted at least another ten or twelve uh, running up and down the ramps into so and they out actually of the city. Do so out many and they're sort so they're, they're right sort there of like, and, uh, yeah, they're just the kind second, of running in and out of the city, they're taking shelter. Second fifty. So so aside from the fact that they have two guns per Decepticon, or if not more, there's also more Autobots than we believe there were. So, um, And also in the Japanese trailer, there are many, many, many more Decepticons. Like, oh, right? yeah. Basically just drone planes is what it looks like. I mean, they're just copies of the Seekers. But uh, there are a lot more that are shown. Um, and it, the, the trailer was made like before the movie was finished, so I mean, there's a lot of stuff that doesn't make it into the final cut. Also, but, Ultra Magnus is in his original Diaclone, Diaclone colors in the, I'm sorry, in the Japanese trailer. <laughs> I must have seen it a long time ago, because I remember that scene. Does mm-hmm. the trailer show uh, Hot Rod catching three fish? <laughs> it does not. <laughs> It does show Hot Rod, RC, and Daniel in a ship uh, at some point, which they never appear in in the film. What were they doing in the ship? That just, I think it was a diff- an alternate version of where Cup's telling the story to the Dinobots. Interesting. I w- does, are there delete, quote-unquote, deleted animated sequences that exist out there that are viewable? Uh, uh, yeah. There's definitely some storyboards that uh, I so sometimes we should all sit down and watch the 30th anniversary also to watch the commentary because you've got Nelson Shin, Flint Dilly, I think Susan Blue is probably well. would be a good idea. To I've watch. watched it before, <laughs> but but I'd, oh, I yeah, sh- we should watch it again together. The uh, but uh, there's definitely storyboards of and I mean and you so you see characters die that you didn't see on, on screen and just uh-huh. a few other little nuances. Okay. But um, to Ryan's earlier point. And, and on the next episode, we'll get into it even a little bit more when we in, when Blaster is introduced. But the whole background, like everything being animated and One, not two, so three, much as a matte paint. Yeah, trying to count the guns. Can't do it. The, not, like this sequence from about 1349 to the end of the minute is all fully animated. There's no matte painting background. Right, exactly. The background is animated. And um, there's just a lot of that in that movie, and that is amazing. And I love the scene around 1353 to 1355 where Megatron flies in and takes a shot at uh, at a steel door, and it does nothing. <laughs> but but uh, it's a great angle. It's a great action shot. I feel like the even the cartoon, which in theory could have replicated a shot like this, I just feel like they weren't as on point with their angles and stuff like mm, this. Very simple. Like, 
I mean, as yeah. opposed to like these, these are much more again like um, uh, dynamic, um, cinematic uh, sure. angles and and camera angles, so to speak. They pulled out all the stops. They had a bigger budget. They probably were mm -hmm. like, we really need to make this work. Right. This is the movie. So Megatron takes a couple of shots at the door, uh, does nothing, and he uh, calls on the Insecticons to breach their defenses. Yep. And here comes Kickback and Shrapnel. And Kickback and Shrapnel flying in the screen. Sh Megatron looks awesome in that close-up oh, that the, he does yeah. where he, where he uh, elicits that command. Uh, he and why the Insecticons? Because, the, well, this is actually, it's not a deviation for this minute. I should have mentioned this earlier, but the Insecticons eat shit, basically. Do they, and, eat, they eat metal? Yeah. Okay. And, um, like, in the, one of the, in the original script that I had, in fact, whenever Hot Rod starts shooting at the shuttle, the Insecticons eat the shuttle away, and that's when the Decepticons come out. Oh, really? Yeah. That's weird. Yeah. Oh, well, that would solve the problem of, oh, it just, well, I guess the Decepticons wouldn't care if it just fucking crashing, but... So, in the... That's a good... You know what? Why don't, whenever they fly out of the shuttle, why doesn't Megatron have the shuttle crash into Autobot City? Like have somebody take the controls or just and 911 the city. Or it that way. Yeah, exactly. Oh. We brought my <laughs> my eleven. Follow my, the money. Qui bono. The way it goes, why don't they just not use the shuttle? <laughs> I mean, they had a plan. They had a plan. Yeah. I guess so. Speaking so, of, oh, go ahead. I was just gonna say that brings us to the end of the minute here. Before we get into the Metroplex talk, I want mm -hmm. to talk about something that we've omitted. I mean, I'm glad we did because we've had plenty of content for other episodes, so it's fine. And, and really, it's the only one to bring up now. But in terms of voice actors, he's been on previous episodes, but we haven't talked about Starscream. Chris Lotta. Oh, yeah. Chris Collins, a.k.a. Chris Lotta. Awesome and the voice of... Cobra Commander. Cobra Commander! <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, pwer, pwer, pwer. so um, yeah, by all accounts, he, he was a very gifted comedian. He uh, and very renowned for his voice work. Uh, he won the 1990 San Francisco International Stand-Up Comedy Competition. Really? So he was like a rising star. Mm -hmm. uh, but um, there's a great YouTube clip from him, and we can watch it later. I've got it pulled up. But it's from about 1992 like at Evening at the Improv, uh, which was hosted by William Shatner at the oh. time. And uh, just a great showcase of his talent. And his basically his persona was such that he was kind of a like a, a psychotic, uh, almost multi-personality type person that uh, had, had directed, yeah, his, his stand-up stand persona. persona was basically a psychotic person with multiple personalities that had channeled that energy into a stand-up career. Oh, <laughs> and so that's he, really interesting. And so he drew, like when you see him do it, he draws from some of his characters, like he doesn't, he does a very Starscream-like voice in his stand-up, but he's like a different type of character. Kind of like a, kind of like Bobcat Goldthwait? In a way, I've never seen Bobcat stand up. He, really? yeah, good. he's definitely doing it. Yeah, he does that. Yeah. That kid, everyone, the the character we know as Bobcat Goldthwait is a that. Character. Just that, it's a character. Yeah, it's like it's like right. Larry the Cable Guy. He's not right. like that. No, I love Bobcat Goldthwait though. You mean Larry yes. the Cable yeah. Guy doesn't fix cable when he's not? Doing you mean comedy? he's not a complete dollar? You've seen Larry. You've seen Larry the Cable Guy's. I'm just kidding. Yeah, I've prior, seen it. his he, name's like Larry Johnson or something. Yeah, he come he, out and pleated khakis. Yeah, <laughs> I've yeah, seen it. Yeah. yeah. So uh, at any rate, he studied at New York University for about a year. He focused dance, voice, and mime. He started his voiceover work around '79. Wait, is this what you were just talking about? Space Battleship Yamato. Yes. Yep. Okay, that's that was his first uh, voiceover gig. It was called Star, AKA Star Blazers. 
but That's and then crazy. in 1983, he started working on a little five-part series called, called G.I. Joe, voicing That's the right. iconic oh, Cobra Commander. <laughs> Fuck yeah. yeah. Nothing better, nothing better than when they introduced Serpentor and gave Cobra <laughs> Commander like this like weird, like sarcastic, jealous, like like well, he basically angry. became the Starscream role yeah, at that he really point. Did. <laughs> he did, and it was it was it was great, awesome. awesome. Yeah, you, like, you started the the, the, the weird thing I noticed about that, and not to yeah, I'm gonna have to go on a little tangent sure. about GI Joe. They introduced Serpentor, and he's a Serpentor's an, a dick, and he and 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 um, well, he's like the combination of like ten of history's greatest, the most insane people that ever <laughs> and were. And the weird thing about that move is they they. They st- they make you start sympathizing with Cobra Commander, uh huh, and you do, yeah, because he is like guys, and, everybody, and, come on, this guy's a not and good. His, his storyline in the GI Joe movie is actually very like sad. Like oh, Cobra Commander's that. character in uh, the GI Joe movie is sad because, um, he gets exposed. To, he gets exposed to. Um, these spores that turn people into um, animals or into, yeah, and he starts literally becoming a snake Mm -hmm. so that by the end of the movie he literally becomes a snake Mm -hmm. and fights one of Serpentor's snakes that Serpentor has these snakes on his outfit. That he strokes strokes to make hard. And, um, yeah. (laughs) And, uh, and When you last see Cobra Commander, he is a snake fighting one of Serpentor's snakes. I completely fucking forgot and it's, about it's, that. It's it's actually pretty pretty uh, um, uh, sad. Sad. <laughs> so anyway, um, trying to reel that back in. Um, <laughs> that's okay. Uh, Chris Lotta, a hell of a yeah, nice actor. <laughs> that's, he's had some very. He's had some. He's taken oh. some. He's taken some villains. And uh, particularly with Cobra Commander, and made you feel very sympathetic with what you would normally be would be the main antagonist. Mm-hmm. I want to see, which actually that kind of works for Starscream too, because I do feel bad for him sometimes, um, especially when he's a ghost in later episodes. But oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that he's would be a ghost. He's a ghost. A ghost. Transformers, Transformers ghost. ghost. Uh, but that would, well, I want to see Cobra Commander and Starscream in a joint venture. Ooh, <laughs> I like what that. an idea. Well, you won't see it, unfortunately, with Chris Plata <laughs> as the voice. Because why well, he passed away in 1994 from a cerebral hemorrhage. Uh, there's a lot of speculation around his death because I, apparently he lived his life pretty hard. And um, there are stories about, like Flint Dilly has a story about how he bailed Chris Lotta out of jail one time to get him to a recording session. And, Why was he in uh, jail? Well, nobody really knows. He claimed he was jaywalking and they put him away. But, <laughs> um, but um, you know, people, you know, speak of him with reverence, but also there's sort of this sort of haunting mm, uh, like mystery, a Chris mystery situation. to him. Kind of, yeah. Wow. So, but in addition to Starscream, he did other Transformers voices, uh, Buzzsaw, Defensor, Laserbeak. I think he shared that duty with Frank Welker, mm-hmm. but I don't know what there is to do there. Uh, Reflector. <laughs> God, that was so grating. It's almost he as good al- as Caleb's wheelie. One he did that I really... Another notable one was Wheeljack. He did Wheeljack. I love oh. Wheeljack's voice. He's kind of like, hey, Jizzy guy. Oh, yeah. I gave him simple brains. <laughs> yeah. 
he also G.I. Joe, so we mentioned Cobra Commander. He also did Gung Ho and some other characters I don't know. Ripper, Breaker, Stealer, and Frostbite. Can yeah. you do a Gung Ho? Gung Ho, the village person of the jokes. <laughs> That's <laughs> true. I was saying, like, I, he, the, Is he, he the one the, who wore, like, an, a vest with no shirt and underneath? Mustache saying, and a I'm crazy saying, hat. He must, he must have had an incredible range to go from, from sure. one to... Well, check this out. A little, uh, some other voice work. Uh, some cartoons I'm not that familiar with: Inhumanoids, Visionary, uh, Pac-Man. Uh, oh, he was on the real. He did the real Ghostbusters, but he also did a little show called The Simpsons. He was the original Mr. Burns and Mo Sislak, and then he died, and Hank Azaria took over. When did he die? Uh, Ninety-four. So Hank Azaria so, took over Mo. So, and, so that uh, would have been on for four years because it debuted December of '89. Yeah, so he would have been involved for a oh, well, quite, quite a. Time. I mean, not, not significant just, now. We're not just talking like Tracy Ullman. No, yeah, he was, well, those characters weren't on the Tracy Ullman version. Yeah, of the show, this but. was the the show proper. Oh, yeah, that would be Harry Shearer. <laughs> oh, thank you. Oh, very good. <laughs> Well, I mean... So Good editing point. Thank you for doing it that course. way. Real quickly, on screen, he also did a lot of television work. Mr. Belvedere. And I'm assuming most of these were kind of one-off characters. I don't know that there was a lot of recurring... He was, on, he was, a, voice, he was a voice on Mr. Belvedere? No, or just uh, he an was an actor on Mr. Ah. on Mr. Belvedere. Mama's Family. He was in the movie Roadhouse. Doogie oh. Howser. He was on Seinfeld. Married with Children. And Star Trek, both. The next generation. Okay. And I think like this guy yeah. up. Yeah, this guy's hitting on all he's I know. <laughs> it's like all your nerd oh, cylinders man. are yeah. peaking right now. Oh, to be an actor <laughs> in the eighties and nineties. So that is Chris Latta, uh, amazing. Obviously, wow. one of the most Jesus iconic voices. Christ. Outside I mean, outside of Megatron and Optimus Prime, I'd say Starscream is the most iconic voice. I guess somebody'll step up and be like, What about Soundwave? But hmm. <laughs> Fuck that guy. I mean, it's so heavily. Uh, but uh, true, true, true. So, uh, you want to talk about Metroplex? Metroplex is, and this is why you gave us the uh, operative to operative order. Order. That's right. To uh, watch Scramble City. It. Yeah, we all watched Scramble City yesterday to try and help inform our Which discussion. I, 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 I'm sorry. You didn't watch. <laughs> no, I watched it. I, I couldn't stop reading the, the subtitles. Oh, I, they are that's what you're supposed that's to That's so much better Fantastic. than the actual movie or the oh. actual show. I love how they call each other bastards. Like, oh, the they bastard. say bastard and they say damn, and I think there might be a little shit in there. I'm not for sure, but they straight up cursing. The um, and, and it looks like they, it's just like, it, 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 it's like a perpetual recap. <laughs> Yeah, so for those who don't know, we're talking about Scramble City, which is an episode that aired in 1986, I believe, late, Uh, but it was only in Japan. Uh, It was never finished, I guess it didn't air, (laughs) never mind, Uh, but it was basically telling the story of uh, building Autobot City, correct? That's what I took of it. Scramble City is Autobot City. Yeah. And um, Ultra Magnus appears in... Or at least Scramble City is Metroplex. Yeah, yeah, that's true, because they call him Scramble City in, mm-hmm. that, in, that, in that episode. And um, yeah, you're right, Caleb, like, I am too... I was watching it, I'm like, two minutes in, I'm like, what the fuck? It's, it's just like a huge, uh, like, data dump of exposition. They just, <laughs> like, are these what Japanese cartoons are like? Why don't you have the characters talking yet? Why is it just a voiceover for all this shit? Yeah, and I'm but, like, show me, don't tell me, motherfucker. But, but more, but, but more than like voiceover, it's it's like even the characters themselves are like recap. Like they just want to, they're making extra sure that you know what's going on. Well, so as I understand it, and I might be wrong about, it, I mean, you notice Scramble City was only like a 15 minute long episode. I think it was mm-hmm. finished. I think that was the end of it. Oh. But what is cut Post from credits. it? What's cut from it is. 
that uh, the initial 15 minutes are uh, are uh, like is a total recap montage of everything from like the first two seasons. Okay. So <laughs> to your point about how much it feels like this is catching you up, the 15 minutes you didn't watch are that exactly. <laughs> it, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link up to this video, but if you guys have not seen it, will you really, it is. Will you put a link up? One of us will. <laughs> or none of us will. I will. I added some. I, um, uh, but I, it is insane watching this, and um, not to skip too far ahead, but it's just again, like aside from a data dump of exposition, it is a dump of new characters. There are twenty-two new characters introduced in that sixteen minutes. So is that right though? Because are you counting like the aerobots and the defense? aerobots, stunticons, combaticons? But that's the thing I don't understand. They introduce those characters like we've never met them before. They are all over season two. I guess all that's of true. those characters are in the show before that point, which makes this episode just so strange because they truly do act like it's their new. It's their new, mm-hmm. but they are not new. <laughs> right. But right. but Ultra Magnus is new. I think he was the there Maybe was no the Hot Rod, right? Was Hot Rod in no. that episode? No, no, no. And there was no Cup or no. Miller. It was He's just Ultra only... Magnus and Metroplex. That's right. And I guess Trypticon. Yeah. And all these, I guess, like these combiners. Right. Yeah, it's a basically like porn for combiners. It's like, <laughs> which can they, are they going to have a bigger fucking? It's like, it's like, it's like, it's like, it's just like a, it's a pissing contest. It is. Yeah, that's exactly. And also, I'm like, they say in this, in this, in the episode, why uh, they say that the stunticons were built to fight the aerial bots. And I'm like, why did you build cars to fight planes? <laughs> right. And why didn't? And, and my my opinion is is like. It's like a, it's an escalate. It's like a cold war. It's like an escalation. Thing. It, it really yeah, is. If you're, it really gonna, is. if you're gonna win, just throw Metroplex out there at the beginning. Yeah. It <laughs> is. Kidding. This is my like gripe with all Jap- uh, Japanese like cartoons shows. Like this is very. This is Power Rangers where they're just like just fucking make the Megazord. Why do you, why are you even fighting as spandexed it's, martial it's arts? A, it's a it one is up, it's escalation. Like, I'm yeah, like, like, just fucking bring out the big guns. Right. Again, they send Devastator who gets uh, beaten because the aerobots come in. Why don't you send Devastator, Minasaur, and uh, fucking Bruticus all at once? I have had a lot of gin and I haven't eaten. <laughs> and it is 10.30 in the morning. <laughs> I'm doing great. Sure, because obviously because of cartoon. I mean, I'm I'm, I'm <laughs> right. now screaming I'm because, sorry. because because cartoon. But it is it is it is literally like it, it, the whole episode is like it's like I've got a bigger guy now. Mm-hmm. I've got a big mm-hmm. guy. It's also I've the got rules. a bigger guy. I've, it, the rules. The are, rules are so weird. Oh, like, I love bonkers. the part where they knock a leg off and then uh, I have of superior and then then. <laughs> And one of the and and Bruticus's arm attaches to it, right? I think it's not Bruticus, it's or, Minasaur. Minasaur Minasaur's yeah. arm. He shoots his arm off, hits hits the guy out of the way, and he's and he says, "Bastard!" Yeah. <laughs> and then he so then, then his arm is attached to Superion, and also before even that, to Superion's leg, you get this thing where it's like, um, "Oh, transform to power up." Transformation powering up, and I'm like, "Oh, they engage in a different way." And now, they're... so it's even more like. Just show up in that form, like they tra- they transform. I'm disappointed. It's very confusing. I'm disappointed because uh, the one I watched, they they do not actually show Metroplex like transform into mm-hmm. the robot. Am I remembering? I that? can't remember. Yeah, I, I don't. I'm not sh- like the movie. The Transformers movie shows more of a of a transformation right. sequence than. Him transforming from the moving city, right? Which I guess I would describe as a mega tank. 
into his uh, robot form. I think they call it mobile fortress. Now, would would be would Metroplex be mimicking a fortress? <laughs> That's right. That's right. That's and a whole other conversation. And um. he and 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 his and his because in my mind, he is a fortress. Because he's performing the function of a fortress. I think we can that just say he mi- is a fortress is as a- opposed to the other ones who so are mimicking things. So then is he things. mimicking a robot? I- is he mimicking a... Uh, uh, so he's uh, a fortress mimicking a robot? Yes. I'll they should call that. him... Wait, never mind. I was going to say fortress mimicimus. Oh, no. no. Sorry. God damn it. <laughs> like a, not, he's not a Roman emperor. Uh, and it's. I was thinking of a different guy. I was thinking of fortress maximus. Uh, so... We say all that to get to so is Metroplex Autobot City? Uh, what on the th- the TF Wiki says mm-hmm. that Metroplex had been installed as a subsection That's right. of the larger Autobot City, and it also goes on to say his cog was destroyed during this battle, and that's why it's a lot of supposition, and that's why they had to go and do all the mechanical shit to transform mm-hmm. him. But nowhere on screen did no, you see, you and, and it, or in the script, does it indicate that and I, this cog was destroyed? This could have been a big robot. And that, this is, I think, this is back engineering because later oh, totally. in the show there is an episode that is bananas where. Uh, Metroplex's transformation cog is stolen, and they install Trypticon's transformation cog, and then Trypticon's, and then Metroplex's transformation cog is installed in Trypticon. It's fucking weird, but it's like so he has to have a cog to transform. So it's really like shoehorning it in that this is. But yes, there are parts in the the show where Metroplex is a part of Autobot City. I have a question. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> um, I think we just, it was a debate that started in the last episode. Mm-hmm. Is Metroplex, are Metroplex and Autobot City the same thing? They never refer to him as Metroplex on screen. And we're discussing how Scramble City ties into kind of a it's bridge. A it's basically a bridge. It's a bridge. Supposedly, it's a bridge between the seasons we've seen and the movie. movie. Because the movie, as far as season two of the show stops in like, 86 or what like the literal year 86 and the movie picks up in 2006 2005. so why 2005, was it, sorry why was it never released why was scramble city never like I put think out there just, they just monet i don't know i, don't know. I do i don't know exactly i have read that there are some dubious it is dubious as to the rights holders of the material i think oh, really? a it, different animation studio produced it than typically and you might the animation was actually really good so it like, wasn't for a matter a, of for like a standard thing, television it wasn't show. a matter of the mm-hmm. product it was a matter of like legality maybe or, i don't know the answer to that the uh, but the animation was really good. I, I think a different studio produced it, and you the, ultimately the uh, the video of Scramble City was available, I believe, on the 20th anniversary of the movie DVD. You can huh. get it, but I don't think the audio was available with it for whatever reason. The studio that owned the rights held out on the audio Did, and would not allow it to ha- like allow it to be released. I can and hear, it's still that way to this day. I can hear Transformers AD right now listening to this and like Maybe. knowing the answer. Mm-hmm. If you and know Transformers AD, and, hook us and up. Being like, but. Yeah, so you got the goods. Yeah, there. Did you know? And the one I I watched, there was in the very beginning, there was a, a thing. <laughs> so dumb. We're not reviewing this, but I am going to because we're never going to talk about it again. Um, the th- there's a, a sound wave uh, line that is dubbed in English. Yeah, oh, really? One it's, line. It's weird because like, he has the Japanese line, and then it's over top well, of it. There's like, if I remember, there's like three things that happen. There's the Jap. There's a straight Japanese line. Then there's a weird like sound wave sound, mm-hmm. and then there's an additional layer on top yes. of that that's a sound wave in English. Now, when they do it the next time he speaks, 
they eliminate the Japanese um, uh, 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 subtitle. No, no, they they eliminate the Japanese um, uh, vo voicing altogether, mm -hmm. and then it's uh, then it's just strictly sound wave talking in Japanese with the filter. Mm -hmm. Right, on. right. Like right. there's non there's there's no filter at the at first, the first talk, one, the first time, and then, then there's yeah. this weird like there's a filter and and an additional like Americanized overdubbing of it's just a mashup. T it's weird. Two other, I only have two other points on this, and then we can move on. But like, one is at, at minute three oh one in this in this uh, sixteen minute episode, Ratbat flies into the cave into Autobot City. Uh, Ratbat, he is straight flying into a pussy. It looks like a pussy. It is to go an expanding vagina, like it's a speculum has been rammed in there. Um, and uh, speculum, that's right. rammed in there. That's right. That's right. That's how it works, ladies. I'm, I know. I, the OBGYN. I, I thought out we there. were going to get through one yeah. fucking episode. <laughs> I did too. One. Oh. We're so close. Well, I, even, and after that, it says Ratbat intruded deep inside. I, I I was hoping we would get through this. Episode nope. Without Ryan's hopes having, failed. Like, my uncomfortables. <laughs> Those are your two points. No, my own, no. I had one more. The, the end credits. Mm -hmm. Did you read the end credits? That's okay, great. so the dub, like the the captions. Great. So the uh, I've watched a little bit of the Japanese headmasters, and I haven't been able to make through it. It's just difficult for me to watch things long term with subtitles. Mm -hmm. But um, but the theme music is always like the lyrics are so dramatic and full oh, yeah. of like, I, I wrote, outrageous metaphors. I should have wrote them down, but it was like. Midnight last night when I was like... Well, I wrote them down. Awesome. <laughs> Go for it. Okay. So these are the end credit, which in the uh, these, American version, there are no words. So these they, are... So this is the song that's mm -hmm. saying... Over uh, the credits. Over the credits at the end. And it's, it is a Transformers song. And this is yep. the English translation on the Japanese lyrics. That's right. Uh, okay. Vibrations that echo from where the shooting star departs. Uh -huh. The star is here now. Yes. Give me no peace again. K-N-O-W. You are now crushing me. Please throw away the sorrow in the crushing sky. You who were born to fight. Transformer. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's beautiful. I feel like that could have won like a high school language, <laughs> it's a language, good language poem. art poem. Yeah. It's very good. And, and the, 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 the female singer that sings that is, oh, it's, sings it earnestly. Yes, she is very, in, like it is not a joke. You feel very emotional about what's going on. <laughs> So, okay, so to close the book on Autobot City, I think yes and no, we're agreed. Metroplex is not Autobot City, but mm -hmm. he is a part of Autobot City. And probably, and I think there are there are certain shots in the movie, Transformers the movie, where they look very metroplex -y yeah. in his design. Yep. So he is a part of the city, but not the whole city, and we'll leave it at that. <laughs> <laughs> so what a great um, uh, diversion there. So mm -hmm. one other script, oh, script notes and deviations. Script deviations. <laughs> I only have one. And it's that in my version of the script, Starscream's foot situation is somewhat different from what is on screen. Um, in my version, uh, an early version of the script, his foot gets caught in the clam of the mm. transforming courtyard. And after struggling for a second, he holds out his arm and a contraption comes out of his wrist that is basically like a robotic shoehorn. What? <laughs> and it comes out, goes down, and pries his foot out of the clamshell. And then he 
flies off and is Oh my god, I don't have that in mind. <laughs> I, I gotta admit, uh, you know, we've, we've had conversations about how uh, the, the Transformers have like a special gift that helps them in a specific situation. Mm -hmm. That is the most specific situation. It's got a shoehorn. And again, to Caleb's point of uh, like, I want to see the movie that oh, is yeah. the first draft of these, like all mashed together. Oh, it cool. is not a. It is not a shoehorn though. It is just acting like a shoehorn. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's it it's says. mimicking no, no, a shoehorn. No, no, no. I'm just oh, making fun of Ryan. It's like a, it's a it's a pry bar. Yeah, I like how it's a shoehorn. There, I wish no, I, I, there is there that. is a Decepticon named Pry Bar, and that is all he does. He's turned into a crowbar. I'm kidding. Okay, that's that not real. So, no, I, I'm sorry. He looked so compelled. <laughs> like, he captured his imagination. I need to. No, see he this. had he had me fooled for a second. <laughs> Do you guys have anything else on this? No, guy? Okay. I'm good. All right. Well, we've got an hour and five minutes of recording time. Well, yeah, it was like twenty up top. So. We'll see how it goes. So next episode, you're, we're gonna you see. Shouldn't, you shouldn't be so concerned with the time necessarily. I mean, if it goes long, it goes long. I, Surge I, Bomber said our timing was perfect. Why is it going off one guy? And is it Surge Bomber or Sergey? Sergey Bombay. Sergey Bombay. Sergey, let us know. So, next episode, just a little quick preview. We're going to see an Insecticon skull smashing. We're going to see the strange resurrection of a dead character. And we're also going to meet one of my personal favorite characters. Blaster. All right, spoiler alert. So, uh, thank you guys for listening. Please uh, listen to our show, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, tune in. Those are all of our uh, platforms there. Follow us on our social media, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram. All of them are at APODDCast. And, of course, you can also visit our web, pre web presence at autopoddecepticast.com. Tell so, your friends. Please tell your yep. friends about us. Word of mouth is good. We iTunes want, users, rate, We want everyone to hear subscribe. us because we think we're pretty cool. Cool! <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys, thank you. Thanks, bye. This is, this is what I get for drinking whiskey at 10.30 in the morning. <laughs>